Welcome to Disturbing Books for Disturbed Readers, your new favorite way to find the most twisted, depraved, and gruesome reads. Each episode features a to-the-point, spoiler-free review of one of my top picks. If you find that we have similar tastes, then come along. Let's find a new story to give you nightmares. On today's episode, I'll be talking about Jonathan Butcher's What Good Girls Do. She lives with no name. She has never left her room. All she has ever known is pain and abuse. Until now. Today, she will breathe fresh air for the first time, feel sunshine against her skin, and even witness human kindness. But she has a point to make. A bleak, violent point. And when she meets her neighbor, Serenity, she finds the perfect pupil. Forced to endure a lesson distilled from a nightmarish existence, Serenity must face unflinching evil, witness the unspeakable, and question her most deeply held views, until at last she has no choice but to fight for her family's survival. The synopsis for this book is, in my opinion, somewhat intentionally vague. You know, obviously, a girl is held in captivity her entire life, and then gets out and has an encounter with her neighbor. Beyond that, I didn't really know much about what that encounter was going to look like. I did not know what the purpose was or the motivation or anything. Obviously, this doesn't really say whether or not the girl, as she's referred to in the book, is evil herself or what her intentions are. And very early on, you realize that her motivations are pretty much enshrouded in just naivety, even as violent and seemingly sadistic as she can be. She's almost like a child or a dog in the way that she just does not understand or process things the way that anyone else does. The best thing that Jonathan Butcher does in this book is the alternating perspectives between chapters. Each chapter is told from the perspective of the girl or Serenity, the neighbor. And I believe they alternate back and forth consistently throughout. The first few chapters are leading up towards their encounter, and then the rest bounce back and forth throughout it and for the rest of the the story. And that element alone just took this book to the next level. It added so much to it. Instead of just having a third-person narrator, you actually got inside of the girl's head, which just added a whole element of disgust to it. As you learn immediately, the only lens that she can view the world through is through sexual, perverse, pornographic terms and language. She doesn't even know what carpet is called, but she has this vivid pornographic language in her vocabulary that she uses constantly. And it's just that in itself adds a lot of repulsion to it, even without knowing anything about her conditions or her past that gives you a lot of insight into what her life has been like. And then that continues throughout the conflict. When you're getting the story from Serenity's point of view, it's terrifying, it's tense, it's sad. And then it flips to the girl and she's confused and doesn't understand. And it's incredibly complicated because 
throughout most of the story, the girl is the antagonist, but you're also sympathizing with her throughout it because you can't blame her for what she's doing. And even Serenity acknowledges that she very quickly identifies the girl as a victim, not as just an intruder or an enemy like her husband does. As you read the story, you're having these conflicting thoughts and feelings on the girl and her motivations and right and wrong and all these elements. But at the same time, Serenity is having a lot of those same thoughts and conversations and feelings, which is incredibly self-aware for a character, but it adds a lot of interesting elements to it. And it's nice that Serenity identifies with that too, because it would be much easier for them to just be butting heads the entire time fighting instead of Serenity having this kind of complex moral battle with herself where she's trying to protect her family from this intruder and also not just wanting to kill this girl who has clearly been through an incredible amount of pain and torment. It should be fairly obvious just from reading what this is about and from my description so far that this is a very, very heavy book. It is pretty much wholly centered around sexual violence and regular other types of violence. Obviously, the girl is brought up as a sex slave, and that's how she's lived her life, and they do not, they don't shy away from that. It's not something that's just hinted at. Things are very gross and graphic and disturbing. After letting this one soak for a few days, I realized that I would compare it to the movie Martyrs. If you're very big into horror movies, you've probably at least heard of it if you have not seen it. If you are unaware, it's a movie that a lot of people just say to go into blind, which I would recommend. But the overall feeling coming out of it is that it's one of the greatest movies they never want to watch again. At least that's what I call it. Generally, everyone agrees that they do not ever want to see it again, though. And it's not because it's bad or anything's wrong with it. It's just not the type of thing that you really want to revisit or relive. It's disturbing and perverse, and it's not something that you enjoy. This book is not fun. Like I say, a lot of them are. A lot of even the more extreme disturbing books that I talk about are still fun, even if they're incredibly graphic and violent, whatever, because a lot of them don't have that weight to them. But this one absolutely does, particularly due to the added perspective of the girl. Like I said, it's a rough one, but it is absolutely fantastic. If this is something that you think you can handle, sexual abuse, in-depth, graphic violence, things like that, I would absolutely recommend it. If you can't or if you're unsure, I would say within the first couple of chapters, you should have a pretty good feel for what it's going to be like, and you can go ahead and tap out there. This is only 156 pages, so it's not very long. There is a sequel, which ironically, I said that I don't want to revisit it, and I don't. I will probably not ever reread this book. If I do, it'll be a long time before I do. But I'm very excited to read this sequel. It has actually much more positive reviews than this one, which are generally positive, but 
you know, some people had issues with, I did and not personally. I had no issues with this one. But from what I've read, most of the issues that people had were not present in the sequel and they liked it even better. People that read both. So I'm greatly looking forward to reading that one. And it's a considerable bit longer than the first one as well. So I'm very interested in that and to see what it's like. But yeah, that's my recommendation for this week. So like I said, if you think you can handle it, give it a shot. If you're not sure, try it out for a couple chapters. If it's too much, there's no shame in that. Um, there never is, but especially for something like this, something so heavy, this might be one that turns into a long 150 pages if you find yourself having to set it down and take breaks because, you know, even if it's not something that is traumatic for you, some of the stuff like this can kind of get in your head and put you in a bad space. So, you know, maybe don't read it all at once. <laughs> Go outside. As usual, links will be in the show notes to where you can find this book. And I'll see you next time with another recommendation.